Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Early to bed. Go to sleep. Go to sleep. It's time to go to sleep. Early to win. I won. I won the money. It's the early line with Joe Raineri and Dane Martinez. Line up, ladies! All right, guys, welcome back in our number two. Joe Raineri alongside uh, Jared Smith here as Dane is taking the plunge. Uh, <laughs> despite our better efforts. Godspeed. Yeah. That, we'll see him at Bed Bath & Beyond in two years, Joe. Yeah, let me know how those sconsa shopping is working out for you, brother. <laughs> let me know how that works out as, uh, yep, clip them coupons. Leap damn coupons there, but uh, honestly, we wish him the best of luck. He's on the plane right now, heading to Jamaica to tie the knots. And Quite the uh, wedding Jared, there in Jamaica, huh? I, I got to tell you, man. Destination that's, wedding. That's uh, If you're going to do it, you might as well do it. Like, I went to Vegas, and that probably was <laughs> a pretty good indicator that, yeah, it wasn't going to work out. Yeah. Uh, mostly I did it on a I Sunday do. in December, so I missed all the football games. That was my indication. There you go. Yeah. See, I I just want my big thing was, can we go through the drive-thru? Because I'd like to make it back to my favorite craps table, you know, within an hour. And, oh, you know, craps guy. I know I like you, Joe. Sweetheart. Yeah, and uh, time is money, and you're costing me cash right now. So, um, it's shocking it didn't work out. But that, listen, <laughs> my gift to you is a uh, my divorce attorney. Don't worry about it. I'm only kidding. He's going to be fine. <laughs> He's going to be fine. So you, it's Dave. you and I, it's you and I, Jared, left here to make uh, to make some money here and start breaking down some of these games this hour. NBA tonight. Love some of these uh, matchups. I definitely think there is uh, some value. And like we talked about with college hoops, where this time of year is a little tricky handicap, and because some teams are. You got nothing to play for. You've yep. got other teams that have everything to play for, but are not going to show their hand. The Dayton Flyers, those types of things, they don't need to win by 13, 14 points. So it's a little tricky. In the NBA, You at this point in the season, there are some teams with tendencies as these grown professionals. These are some teams that either can't win at home. Um, can't win on a road. Uh, we have enough of a sample size now to look at some of these NBA uh, teams and go, I know what they're all about. I nothing. They're not going to snap their fingers and all of a sudden be a great team on the road or at home or off a couple of days rest. Like so, there are some things that we have pinpointed. We'll talk about those matchups tonight. See if any of the trends fit in there. We'll do that coming up next here. But first, let's get Dan Stravin in there to tell us about the headlines this morning on the grid sportsgrid.com. Well, gents, let's take a look at some top results from the NBA last night. LeBron James had 40 points, 8 rebounds, 6 assists, and a block as the Lakers beat the New Orleans Pelicans 118-109. to Kobe White put up 35 points for the Chicago Bulls in their 124-122 loss to the Oklahoma City Thunder. Jason Tatum continues his strong year, 36 points, 5 rebounds, and assists, 14-22 of from the field, 8-12 of from 3-point range. As the Celtics bested the Portland Trailblazers 118-106. to And Demonis Sabonis had another double-double, a near triple-double. 21 points, 15 rebounds, 9 assists. 
as the Pacers blew out the Charlotte Hornets 119-80. to They're up by as many as 39 points in that contest. Continuing in the college ranks, 7th-ranked Duke allowed 113 points. Yes, it was double overtime in a loss to Wake Forest Tuesday night, tying the most points a Mike Krzyzewski team has ever allowed in his coaching career. In the NFL, the NFL moved a step closer to labor peace for another decade. Earlier this morning, player representatives voted to send a new deal already approved by owners that does include a 17-game season to the full union membership. A simple majority of some 2,000 players must accept the agreement for it to go into effect this year. The Washington Post Mark Mask reports teams are, quote, strongly against keeping pass interference reviewable for the 2020 season. Per Mask, 21 teams voted against the measure on the competition committee's offseason survey. In baseball, another tough blow to the Yankees starting rotation. Luis Severino is scheduled to undergo Tommy John surgery this Thursday to address a torn UCL in his right elbow. Julio Tehran has been scratched from his scheduled Cactus League start on Wednesday due to left hamstring tightness and MRI did come back negative. I'm Dan Strafford and this has been your Sports Grid News Update. Appreciate it, Dan. Thank you. And uh, yeah, listen, it's a busy week. Uh, baseball in full effect. And of course, uh, pre- um, spring training games in. I know everyone's focusing on the Astros and a bunch of cheaters, which is all fine and dandy, but <laughs> there is some money to be made here. And depending on what side of the fence you're on, and to me, it's very simple, Jared. I'm the side of the fence that makes me the most money. 100%. So no if, if fading Houston uh, will do that, then that's something we'll go ahead and do. If it's not, and uh, I need to get behind them, uh, you bet your ass I'm going to do that too. So I don't really, don't care one way or the other. What happened in 2017, lost money, had the Dodgers, so be mm. it. Uh, it's time to go ahead, guys, and take that energy into handicapping this Astros team and have them make that money back for you this year. And you can do so by either understanding that this team, if they embrace the villain role, it's going to be one of the best Major League Baseball seasons we've ever seen. If Altuve's hitting walk-offs and ripping his shirt off as he comes around <laughs> third plate, I mean, honestly, guys, it's going to be the best must-watch television of the summer uh, and I hope they do, and I think they will, because th- they have, and it looks like, they got a big win total. We know that. What, 94, 95 wins, something yeah. along those lines. If they embrace that role, they'll clear that rather easily. And I think it's uh, lower than what it would be, Joe. Yeah, I think you're getting yeah. the you're getting the cheater's value. Yes. People are just right. immediately betting the under. And mm-hmm. and it's you know it it goes against your morals maybe because if you think that they cheated and they deserve to stink this year that's well and good but you're right loyalty goes as far as the bottom line follow the mm-hmm. money as you say as we say right. so yeah. I I do think that ninety I mean it's not a great American League this year I think the American League is down a little bit this year I think the National League is beefed up Cincinnati's a little very bit better the, yeah very yes. top very top heavy it's the Yankees and it's really everybody else. Uh, but even the Yankees right. even took a big blow yesterday, and I'm, I, I haven't seen a ton of movement on their odds with the Severino uh, injury. I think they're still the team to beat, regardless of whether he's there or not. They weren't really relying on him anyways to be a top guy because he's been so fragile. Paxton, I right. think, is the injury that hurts a little bit more because that was kind of out of left field, uh, and, and, and it's going to be a little more of a different injury. Severino's been banged up for two years now. He barely pitched 20 innings since he signed that big contract. Exactly. And and I think they've kind of known. I don't know why it took him to this point to figure out he needed Tommy John surgery. But I, that's I agree that really that really. What made was me, that? I, well, because the, apparently they did the MRI at the end of the season and it didn't show anything. Right. 
And he still had soreness, you know, when he was throwing the other day. And then they did the die cast MRI, which apparently the original MRI is only 92% accurate, but the die cast MRI is 98% accurate. However, the die cast MRI causes more inflammation in the elbow and in the area Mm. where they do the MRI. So they choose not to do that one first in order to prevent inflammation. But my question is, who cares about a little extra inflammation in November? Exactly. You know, you've Especially got three months. Already signed a contract. Exactly. So get it. Get the injury diagnosed correctly in the offseason. And they clearly Absolutely. didn't. And he lost three months of a rehab. He could have had this surgery three months ago. And you know what? He'd be he'd be that much closer right now. So it does put them in a in a precarious situation. But the rebuild of the Yankees guys began with bolstering up the minor league system, and oh, their minor wow. league system is one of the best in the game right now. So they do have some young arms that are going to be out there this spring training. Keep an eye out for Dievi Garcia. That's the guy. Garcia is everybody wanted him to be a part of a trade last year. Everyone's like, why don't you go out and get Stroman? Why don't you get, yeah, everybody wanted this kid. And Cashman's like, yeah, no, uh, you're not getting him. So, I mean, hell, you might even see uh, Clint Frazier here yeah. this year. Who the Jordan hell Montgomery, I think, could be a, a name as that well. Yep. And you know the the and that's the thing everyone was freaking out yesterday and 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 uh, as a Yankees fan obviously it wasn't a happy day but I I, really I think they're on him though you... no I wasn't I wasn't counting on him or Paxton the first three months mm-hmm. and I was thinking to myself all right you know that's why we signed Garrett Cole and they gave Garrett Cole three hundred million and he looked to be the part last night or two nights ago when he pitched granted it's spring training and he threw one inning but you know I I was I, I was more excited about Garrett Cole than I was about Luis Severino I'll tell you that. I, I can, um, it's going to begin and end with Cole and $300 million. And the whole reason you have the bullpen that you do have is so you can weather the storm if you're only going to go with three or, or four guys and rotate. It's been, welcome to Major League Baseball in 2020. And the Yankees, uh, along with the Rays and others, they can weather that. They can yes. do that. They can go without that, you know, fourth or fifth starter here. Yeah, for the Rays have been while. doing an opener for years, two years now, basically. For years, you know, and that bullpen, it's it's still fairly good, but they're going to live and die by swinging the bat again. And the reason they did not advance last year is because they couldn't get the hits together. It was long ball or not. So, to me... The yeah, they don't have enough positions for these guys. They can't find a position for Miguel Andujar. Exactly. I mean, and <laughs> how did they hit? In good the problem clutch? to have. Yeah. How are you going to hit in the clutch when you need it? It's great that you can hit more home runs than anybody. But to me, with the Yankees, forget about the pitch. And the pitch is going to be there. They should be able to outscore everybody they play this yeah, year. Especially However, early in the year. If if you become so reliant on the home run again that we're not getting, you know, we we don't have anybody that can do exactly what the Nationals did. Get, oh, I don't know, a double when you need it when there's a runner on second as opposed to a two-run home run. I don't care what – if Severino was there or not going to be there, you're not shutting people out in the long haul of a season because your pitching's that dominant. It's just no. not going to happen. Yeah, and, and to me, the Yankees lineup is definitely the core of this team. Yeah. And, you know, if Stanton can't stay healthy, well, then Andujar's right there. I mean, they've got yep. guys in all spots. This is a deep Yankees team. They're going to be fine. They're going to win 100 games easily. Yep, not a lot of movement in the futures market. We'll talk about that coming up, though. World Series odds, who's moved, who hasn't. And a look at the NBA card tonight. Big matchups. Miami Heat, you lose tonight. I'll never talk to you. We'll talk about <laughs> that coming up next year. Purely line on the grid, sportsgrid.com. DailyRoto.com 
Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. guys welcome back in as uh and it is a busy weekend here you've got uh the start of the florida swing on a pga tour the uh the honda classic uh will tee off there starting uh, tomorrow so uh the following week after that is bay hill and it won't be long before we start breaking down the masters and seeing if tiger woods what kind of ridiculous favorite he's going to be to repeat uh so we'll see if there's uh it should be this is the time of year where you start paying attention to the PGA Tour. They've been doing it for over a month now, actually longer than that. But really, who's in good form? Where? Who's what? Playing on the West Coast is different than playing certainly in Florida and the East Coast. But from this point on, this tournament, it's all about the Masters, guys, coming oh, yeah. up there in April. It'll be here. And Tiger, obviously, the proverbial favorite. There will be some opportunities, I can tell you that, to uh, to be able to fade his ass this year because he ain't going back to back i'll tell you that right now no but, chance no 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 there's matchups to be had it's going to be uh, a whole lot of fun so we'll dive into that obviously as we get a little bit closer talk to me about the xfl i haven't had a chance Ooh, to get your yeah. thoughts here week four coming up i, I see thoughts, that Joe. the ratings came back in they lost half of their audience again this yep. week after week three a lot more competition here, John. I mean, bottom line is the first week it opened, it didn't open up against anything. It, yeah. Every week after, as there, you know, the, the next they got lucky. Two weeks been, NBA All Star yeah, break. It was the lull. You got some problems, but I do think last week was a great week from the standpoint of it showed that teams can get better. That some teams are not as bad. You know, you can't have just two teams and everybody else be crap. You know, even Tampa without a win and Trestman, they are. They are a much better team than they were from week one. So as long as you can see some improvement with teams, that teams that are getting better, I think that's great for the league. I just don't know if anybody's going to be watching it. If it levels out this week and this is the bottom, I think they'll be okay. But if they go and lose another half of what they had last week, oh, man, it ain't going to get any better come March Madness. No, and, and here's my issue with the league, Joe, and – I've watched it now for three weeks. I haven't. I admit I haven't been locked in, but I've watched my fair share enough to make this assessment. Where's the aggression with these coaches? You've got these mm. dinosaur coaches, Gilbride, Tressman. I mean, these guys just they just are old school NFL guys. Jim Zorn, they're old school NFL guys, and they're playing these games like it's week one of the NFL season. You need mm. to play these games like there is no tomorrow, because frankly, there might not be. And, mm -hmm. and I, I'm, I'm, we haven't seen a lot of three-point conversion attempts. We have only seen maybe one double pass, maybe two. And both of them, I think, are from St. Louis. Now, the St. Louis team actually looks to be the most, most aggressive team of the bunch. Uh, the, the, I think the quarterback play has been slightly better than what we thought. Cardell Jones right. is like a heavy Patrick Mahomes. I've been calling him Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I like what we've seen from P.J. Walker. I, I, think there's, I think there's talent there. But I, need, I think the XFL and Vince McMahon needs to get all these coaches in a room and say, listen, start being aggressive. 
Right. Stop kicking field goals and punting on fourth and two from the from the right. twenty-five yard line. The the touchbacks go out to the thirty-five. I saw a punt the other day from the forty-two yard line on fourth and like six, and yep. it was a touchback. You gained seven yards on the punt. Stop punting inside yep. midfield. Like the, yep. the, like we like this isn't a field position sport. The XFL is a run and gun. How are we going to get fans? How are we going to make these games exciting? Type of sport. The coaches are coaching these games like it's week one of the NFL. I need a little more oomph in these games in order to keep my interest. Because let's be real, we're watching a minor league football game, and I'm basically seeing the same play calling and the same trends, run on first, run on second, pass on third, and it's just it's boring. Like, I need to see, and it's okay in the NFL because the NFL right. is a much different sport. The games are compressed. The season is compressed. A lot is on the line every week. We're not, that's not the case in the XFL. Every week, you should be playing and coaching these games like it is your last week coaching football. That, to me, is the only way that they're going to get people to watch their sport. Yep. You got, uh, obviously, the two games on Saturday. You can see there the Wildcats and uh, the Guardians. Guardians are a hot mess, but... Uh, the spreads uh, are the story there. <laughs> oh, my poor Matt McGloin. Oh. But, yeah, I know. But Sunday, uh, listen, the Roughnecks and the Renegades. Yeah, the those are the two best quarterbacks, Vibers. right? Yeah, it, that's going to be – those are going to be really um, the day to watch, I think, the XFL. The mm. Dragons, uh, are they a – are they – should they be a 12-point? Uh, I can tell you home field advantage – has certainly meant something so far through the first three weeks of the XFL, but that's to be expected. These guys aren't, you know, they're not flying first class. No. They don't have private jets there. It's a, it's a, you know, being on the road is really being on the road for these guys. It's not the NBA or the NFL guys. They, um, it's a rough go. So I get the home field advantage kind of thing here, but I, I think like you said, St. Louis better than most people thought because they are willing to do yes. and take a little more chances than everyone else. Tough-nosed team. And I do love the, what the Renegades have done. I love what Houston has done. And I do think uh, Tampa Bay is not nearly as bad as their 0-3 record. Not even close. I think they'll be much better uh, this week. And I think the D.C. defenders need to be very, very careful there uh, because going into uh, Tampa – I think they're ready to actually get over the hump here and win a couple of games. And to me, though, the problem is if you lose half your fan base this week as well, uh, the viewership, how are you going to make any money, Vince? You're not. How are you making any money? And and, and, and they've got to be outside the box. And I don't think anyone's as good or bad as their records say at this point. I just think nope. the talent is so level where the quarterback yep. play is, you know, kind of push these good teams to better records. But we could see that tilt because I, I, I do think some and, – and, and, Joe, I, I – I think it's an interesting point for the league where if they don't figure it out in the next two weeks, it's yeah. not going to be a fun stretch run. No one's going to be well, watching we've these seen games. This, we, we've seen this movie, haven't yeah. we not? I, I mean, we've seen it a whole bunch of times here. Now, the thing I do like about them is they're not trying to be the NFL. So, and to Jared's point, if you're not trying to be the NFL, stop playing the damn game yes. like it's the NFL. I mean, they really should not allow start. punting or field goals. In, like, I, a, agree. A, like, I think punts I agree. and field goals should be banned in this league. Yep, the only I time agree. you should be allowed to punt is if you're like inside your own 20 or 30 yard line. Mm -hmm. I Once you get to midfield, to no more punting. Right. I, I love the access to the players. Yeah, that's I been, that's been good. I agree. Love it. Love it. Love it. But 
if you're going to continue to tell us we don't, we're not, you know, we don't want to be the, I want to be our own league, then be your own league and stop pretending you're the NFL, which to your point is what a lot of these coaches and teams are. That's doing. all they know. I don't blame them. They hired a bunch of yeah. old school NFL coaches. It, they needed to hire coaches that are 30 years old and are fighting for I, jobs. I, and I get why you did it. I get, I get it. it. You got to the start the year. I get it. The new league. You need to have some stability guys that have been there and done that before. But moving forward, if you can make it out of this year. Hire um, them as consultants you, then. Is like the fa- but like the play calling needs to be like 35-year-old yeah. kids that yeah. are playing Madden. Like just I'd rather see air you it out. high school coach. Yes, the top exactly. high school coaches from around the country yes. and let them hundred percent, hundred. You know what I mean? Because or like some be FCS coach or something. You know, yeah. like with like a crazy yeah. system that's gonna you're gonna be like, whoa, what am I watching right now? Like Montana State, like the team that's won like one... three straight FCS titles. Bring them in exactly. and coach. Exactly. Anybody, listen, whoever's coaching App State now at this yeah. point. All right, exactly. it's just yeah. Got, yeah, come on and bring them in. Uh, there is one ace in the hall, though. I think that uh, secretly behind the scenes. He's going to pull out there, Vince, if things start to go really bad. There is one thing and one thing only that will save this league, and he's probably sitting on this, and it's a little divine intervention. Tim Tebow. Oh, man. Tim Tebow is He had a home run yesterday with the Mets. I don't know. I know. He is the one card. You think so? uh, He's the one person. Has there been any talks or anything about that? I haven't heard a peep. They've kept it but under wraps so if they if it is. Yeah, exactly. But that to me is you bring in Tim Tebow, he's gonna take <laughs> over a team. You're guaranteed at least wait as a player or a coach, Joe. No, as a player. As a player, I mean, okay. As a quarterback, okay. it's it's all Man, that like, would be something. That you would be dominate. That yep. would be something. That you know, it's funny because I he and and we've cause you know, because we're here in New York, so so we've been very, you know, right. closely attached to his rise or you know, I don't want to call it a rise, but plateau in the Mets yeah. organization. Him uh, taking a job from another baseball player. Exactly, you mean? Gotcha. and and that's yeah, been gotcha. that's been the narrative, Joe. There's been a narrative that the Mets just did this for publicity, which is fair. The Mets need the publicity. Let's be real. But you're you're you're, you're right. He's at the point now where he is taking a legitimate job from somebody else at the AAA level who can contribute to the Mets at some point. And what do you think it would take? I mean, to me, that's the question. Like like. If you're Tim Tebow, he seemed to have settled into this baseball lifestyle. What would it take? I guess money is the answer, but he's got all the money in the world. He can go anywhere yeah. he wants and sign a book deal for millions of dollars. I, you got to appeal to his. Listen, yes, yeah, trust me, be I've been there. The minor leagues is not glamorous. No, guys. no, I've been there too. Oh, it's yeah, I've traveled with these teams on the double-A buses before yeah. throughout the Eastern hey, League. Hanging out, uh, hanging out and living out Altoona, of a suitcase with a bunch of guys. Binghamton, yeah, Erie, Pennsylvania. Good. Oof. Yeah, it's not good. So even Timbo, Tim Tebow, to me, it's all about how do you get as many eyeballs on him? Is he writing another book? You know, he, you know, what people don't realize about Tim, Tim Tebow, Tebow how I saved thing. the XFL. Exactly <laughs> correct. There's you the know, first chapter there, right you know, there. You know, he's going to wake up and say that God told me they can't, you know, I had a dream and uh, whatever. Just Vince McMahon's going to write. Vince McMahon, also known as God. Yes, exactly. Exactly <laughs> correct. And to me, that. That is the only name I think out there That'd that be it'll be, you know, because once a football player, always a boy. I mean, you can pretend you're a baseball player, dude, but you've been a football player. That's what you are. So if you really, especially in a league that is, to me, I think the way Tim Tebow played, this is the league for you, dude. Yeah. <laughs> this was all. Lower your shoulder you. and just just bowl people over, and then Run people over. Do you crazy, don't have to yeah. Throw for five hundred yards. It, it, yeah. There is, I think, um, 
Keep wide receiver talent's that. not that deep anyways. I- I'm waiting oh. for a gimmick offense. I'm waiting for an option. I'm waiting exactly. for something to just yep. stir the, the loins here. It's just yep. been basically NF- diet NFL the last three weeks. Yeah, and it's not it's bad NFL, too. That's the problem. It's preseason NFL at, at best, and that's never good there. All right, we'll take a look at these NBA games tonight. We'll start breaking them down for you. We'll do that coming up here. It's the early line on the grid, sportsgrid.com. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Welcome back in here to the early line on the grid. Joe Ranieri alongside Jared Smith as we take a look at some of these uh, NBA games here tonight. And it is a uh, it's a good card. There's a lot uh, a lot going on. Uh, 51 college basketball games, nine NBA games, three NHL games, spring training games. As you can tell, it's getting to be that time of year almost uh, to March. Madness is just around the corner. But some of these NBA games here uh, tonight. Why don't we start with one of the headlines, number one, that it appears that Simmons, he's going to be out a little bit longer mm. than the Sixers thought originally or maybe wanted to let on. But the reality is uh, he's going to be, there's a problem with that back, and I think it's been there for a little while now, and they they haven't really wanted to tackle it. But now it looks like they've gotten to the point where they're like, either they can't ignore it anymore, they can't push it off, he needs to rest that back, and that means that this Sixers team has a a chance, as they're the fans, of seeing what life is like with, you know, not gonna, crazy things happen, but maybe Simmons gets traded. Who knows what happens? Is Joel Embiid the guy? Seems to be the big argument. Embiid, Simmons, can they both coexist? Well, after one game, uh, Simmons who? Because Embiid yeah. uh, was the dominant force that we all think he is. The two don't gel on the court. Simmons needs, Simmons cannot shoot from the perimeter. So that means he's got to drive lanes. He's got to be in the paint. Where the hell do you think Joel Embiid hangs out? So if Simmons (laughs) is in the paint, you're, you're, you know, you're stepping on my feet here, dude. So without him, Embiid can be Embiid. A game tonight against the Cavaliers who just beat the Miami Heat. And I want to throw up, but (laughs) they just beat the Miami Heat. They're at home. They seem to have Listen, got rid of Beeline. Now, all of a sudden, these guys are playing a little bit here, some inspired basketball. This, I think, is an interesting stretch for the 76ers tonight. Uh, total is 225. Cavs getting about seven and a half, eight in some places. This is a very interesting Sixers team to watch, especially on the road now. Let's see if they can put a couple of wins together on the road. 7, 20, and 2 ATS on the road for Philly this year. I mean, mm-hmm. that's really all. That that sums it up. And hey, the Cavs with Bickerstaff, they've won three of four. So, and I guess the the, the last one was right before the All Star break. So really, they've won two of three since the All Star break. The Miami game the other night, 
You know, weird things happen, Joe. You know, when you play two games, two teams in a row, weird things happen the second game. So I, I don't look too much into that Miami-Cleveland game the other night as like a shot across the bow for Miami. It was more, well, Miami just whooped them two nights ago, and then, right. and they face, you know, they face off against each other 36, 48 hours later. And it's just hard to, to get up for two straight games like that, especially considering how bad the Cavs have been this year. To the Sixers now. Uh, I, I broke down the Sixers yesterday very in-depthly, you know, post-Simmons. And it, it, it appears to me that they are actually, ironically enough, the same team without him than with him. Because they, they still have the same problems, which is they can't shoot the ball. Like, even if they had Ben Simmons on their team driving to the basket and kicking out to open shooters, they still have to make the shots. And I mm-hmm. need Josh Richardson to be more efficient. I need yep. Shake Milton now to step up into this role. And, and, and you know, you know he, he, he's a guy that has the talent at SMU. We certainly, you know, heard about him this year, but we haven't seen it yet on a consistent basis. They've got the Fork Moz kid who can shoot threes. They need him to be J.J. Redick of last year. And I think Al Horford actually is the most important player during this stretch without Simmons because he's kind of that glue that can continue to hold the, the, the what is a very fragile, mental, a mental, mentally fragile team together. And B, dropping 50 points on a night-in, night-out basis can obviously cure all. That will not happen every game right. during this Simmons break. But he can certainly be the guy. I mean, we've seen it. We've seen big men dominate the scoring load for teams in the past and this season. Anthony Davis, Giannis Antetokounmpo, even Jokic to an extent with Denver, you know, absorbing that scoring load and that, you know, veteran presence in the middle up front. We don't see... A lot of big man scores in the NBA, but Embiid is certainly one of them. I think the Sixers can be better if they continue to make shots from the outside. That is how this team will be graded over the next two or three weeks without Simmons. And frankly, I don't really love Simmons' prospects of coming back and being 100% for the postseason. We've seen back Mm -hmm. injuries cost players careers before, and this has been something with Simmons that has been lingering. So, you know, I, I just don't really – I don't think Philly's a contender this year. I think it's Miami, Toronto, Boston, and obviously Milwaukee in the East. Uh, I think I would be shocked if it's not one of those four teams in the in the NBA Finals. So I, I think Philly just is – it hasn't been their year. They, they, they've looked a little off. They've looked very fragile uh, from a mental and from a preparation standpoint. I think Brett Brown has a lot of work to do. But I think Embiid can certainly fill the void over the next few weeks. I mean, he has the talent. Right. Yep, and it, it'll give the fans a good idea yeah. to wrap their head around, maybe a different-looking Sixers team in the future. You're right. It doesn't. None of this cures what, they, what ails them, which is perimeter shooting. Yeah. Uh, when they're good, they're great. Congratulations. But tonight, I think they have the answer to Embiid. Embiid's biggest problem is if, you, if somebody's not on the court that can make him work, he's going Andre to drop Drummond. 50 on you. Andre Drummond is going to make Embiid work. Now, it's been a little rough go since he's uh, gotten the claim from the trade, but he's starting to get acclimated now. Going up against Embiid at home, he's going to be up for this game. And the small guards of Cleveland are a nightmare to cover when you are the Josh Richardson, when, you, when you've got the Horfords and company. I, I think they're going to run and gun him. I think they're, they're going to do just enough to hang around this game, Cleveland. Still a mystery. This might be some, uh, you know, a little overvalued, the Sixers. Seven and a half points, and and that number on the road, guys, was that's a lot of lost tickets right there if you're back in the Sixers on the road. It's a unique spot for the Cavs. I'm all about buying low, selling high. I think this is a great buy low spot for Cleveland here tonight. Yeah, Cleveland's been one of those teams that maybe – 
maybe post beeline they're going to play a little bit more of a unique style that's going to cause some problems for some NBA teams. The problem with John Beeline is that he was running this motion offense that, you know, that my dad's team ran back in the 70s in high school. <laughs> so it just, you know, it, it didn't really, you know, and they abandoned that pretty fast. And, yeah. and then they abandoned John Beeline even faster. I mean, this is a guy that literally, he he could literally be coaching in the Final Four this year if he was on Michigan. Team. Yes. And, yes. I, I, and I understand that the allure of the NBA was there and the money was even more there. But, man, oh, man, Michigan's ready to win right now. And he's had that program humming for a few years. He hasn't quite, you know, popped the glass ceiling. He's been to the championship game. He's been to the Final Four in the last decade. They mm-hmm. didn't win the title. But you're telling me that they're, they're a perennial Final Four contender. Yes. Why would you leave to go to mm-hmm. the Cleveland Cavaliers? I didn't understand it then. I won't understand it now. I guess money talks. Uh, but really, how much money? I mean, is there a difference between making fifty million in ten years and making twenty-five million? I mean, you know, once you get to that level of money, you know, is there really that big of a difference where your legacy is going to take this much of a hit for an extra few million bucks? So I, I, I just did, I, I didn't understand the move, and clearly it was not the right move, and it wasn't the right move for the Cavaliers franchise either because they continue to be in this post-LeBron doldrum where they just yep. can't figure out which way is up. And I think there's a certainly they're, they're going to play better than they played in the first half because you can't play any worse. So numbers wise, yes, the the regression in a positive way can be there for you to make a little money against the number. But I think long term, Cleveland has a lot of skeletons in the closet. They need to they need to exercise those demons before they're ever going to take another step forward as a franchise. And, and and exactly, and that a lot is going to be determined here over the uh, over the over the um, the end of the season yeah. here, preseason next year. Some of the moves they make, the kind of draft that they have, all of that is going to play a, a vital role in who they're keeping, who they're believing, what guards are they going with, who are they not going with, who do they believe in. Uh, they've got some talent. They got some players. If Drummond's going to hang around, um, it's certainly something to be able to build off of. I don't see Tristan Thompson being there long term anyway. I like Colin Sexton a lot. Uh, Sexton is great. There is, they've got some talent to build around, but a lot of this is going to determine on, uh, on what are they going to do in that front office Uh, tonight? You mentioned the Miami heat laying 10 here against the Minnesota Timberwolves who are just a, uh, a nightmare of a team, even with D'Angelo Russell. Um, Congratulations. They've uh, Minnesota's dealt with injuries. They've dealt with question marks. They've dealt with a lot of things here this year. Uh, the Timberwolves. Now they got to go on the road. They're going to be in Miami taking on this Miami Heat team who's coming off of that loss. Yeah, this is, uh, they've had their struggles here recently, like you'd said, but I don't, how do you, you know, how do you look at the Minnesota Timberwolves? I don't care if it's 9, 10, 11, 12 points. Like, how do you go there and go Miami, especially at home, is not going to just uh, cleanse themselves of the last couple of weeks and just run right over. Oh, this is a terrible spot for Minnesota. And I guess every oh. every spot is a terrible spot for Minnesota because they're 1-9 and nine overall, 2-8 and eight ATS <laughs> over the last 10 games. So I don't think there's any yep. good spot for this Timberwolves team. Uh, Miami's been great at home. I, I think that's definitely the handicap with them. And, and, and coming right. off of a loss, maybe you're getting a sliver of value, maybe a point or two uh, that you wouldn't get if they were coming off of a win against Cleveland instead of a loss. You know, I, I I look at this Miami team, and we talked about it earlier, 50-1 to 1 to win the title. That was the time to buy. Now their odds have been moved up to in the 30 range, and I, I don't think there's as much value there as there was. The, the, the part, like, long-term for Miami is where I struggle. 
I, mm. I, I, I really I love the the interior presence that Adebayo brings to the table. I think he can bang with the best bigs in the league. The part that is going to struggle for me is the is the guard play once we get to the latter half of the year, which I guess we are there right. now. But once we get to the stages of the postseason, I just don't know if Nunn and Robinson and those guys can stand up in a seven-game series against some of the better guards in basketball. And I think right. they're a playoff team and they're a contender, but I still think they need another year of experience and seasoning with a very young backcourt against really good backcourts like Boston and Toronto once we get to the playoffs. And Milwaukee, and that's why Pat went out and got one of the uh, one of the most. Uh, They're going to need him. Uh, postseason presence. They They're going to need him there to coach more than anything yeah. else. We'll take a look at the Mavs and uh, and Spurs Clippers tonight as well. We'll break those names out coming up next. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. All right, a couple of uh, movers in the market uh, in the college landscape tonight. We'll get to those games in a minute. Welcome in here the early line on the grid, sportsgrid.com. I'm Joe Ranieri alongside uh, Jared Smith here as we uh, as we look to um, as we look to, of course, get you guys set up for tonight's card. And we were in the NBA, and we'll go ahead and stay there for a couple of more games. As this is an interesting matchup too, Jared. I love this game. The San Antonio Spurs at home without LaMarcus Aldridge taking on a offensive juggernaut right now in the Dallas Mavericks. Now, Dallas opens up five and a half points in this game. Uh, at least I, I believe Aldridge is out here. They are just not. San Antonio is not good enough offensively this year to be able to withstand their backcourt is not what it has been in years past. They're not going to be able to go toe to toe with a Dallas Mavericks team here, who Dallas, let's face it, on the road this year, Dallas's numbers are pretty staggering, guys. They've yeah. been really, really good on the road. It's a small number, I think, given the fact that we're probably not going to have Aldrich and the Spurs. They're 11-23 and 23 against the number in their last 34 games. It has not been profitable to back them. It's been profitable to fade them, even at home in a game like this where the Mavericks 10-4 against the number in their last 14 against the Spurs. I'll lay the number. I mean, tell me I'm crazy here, but I don't think you're going to be able to compete with them offensively. No, I'm definitely laying that number, too. Uh, so I think we're going to see Doncic and Porzingis both back in the lineup. Mm -hmm. Hardaway's been playing well. The Mavs are 2-0 uh, already against the Spurs this season. And I can't believe we're actually saying this, but, yeah, no, the, the, the Spurs as a six-point home dog is not – enticing me at all to get to the window so uh we, we we we've seen the san antonio team struggle they're kind of that they're no they're kind of in no man's land right now in the playoff picture portland's yes. in front of them they've got new orleans behind them they're not in the eighth seed right now i don't think they're going to ascend to the eighth seed i don't really think they have the the horses to really do that down the stretch this is an older san antonio team greg popovich seems like he's you know a couple of steps slower than he normally is I just don't see myself getting to the window much with San Antonio over the last month and a half of the season. 
Clippers uh, tonight uh, find themselves taking on the Phoenix Suns on the road. So the Clippers finally got back to their winning ways. They uh, ended a three-game losing streak there by blasting the Memphis Grizzlies uh, a couple of nights ago. Uh, and Kawhi Leonard, I think he shot almost close to 60% from the field. Yeah. He's got at least 25 points now in six consecutive games. So he is rolling. Has not been great uh, for Paul George. Battling that hamstring. Kind of working his way back. But, you know, Kawhi's like, I got this. Uh, Kelly Oubre out, or at least questionable from what they're saying day-to-day there with the knee injury. Uh, without him, I love the youth of this Phoenix team. I like the talent that they have, but trying to keep it all together for a full season is going to be a bit of a challenge, and I am not sure that they have the coaching staff in place to be able to do that or take advantage of it. But the Clippers find themselves in a very unique spot here. What do you want to do? Clippers, do you want the two seed? Yeah. Are you happy with a four? Does it matter to you? Are you just going to concede the one seed to the Lakers and say, you know what, if it's two, if it's three, it's four, who cares? You know, part of me says Kawhi doesn't, Kawhi, those guys, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, that team understands that we just got to get in. It doesn't make a damn bit of difference home or away. There is no real home court anyway with the Lakers since you both play in the same exactly. damn building. So... It's very interesting to see how they're going to approach the second half of this uh, or this final run here down the stretch. It's five and a half points tonight. Total is 233. Uh, without Ubre, it'd be hard for me to be able to back the Phoenix Suns here, even at home. Have we seen the best Clippers basketball yet this season? I don't think we have. I mean, I, I know I, those I two agree. games against the Lakers, you know, stand out. And I think the, the only reason that the Clippers haven't gotten a lot of heat and Doc Rivers isn't gotten a lot of heat this year is because they beat the Lakers twice. And if they haven't, if they didn't beat the Lakers twice, then we'd be talking about, oh, my God, is this Clippers team mm -hmm. any good? Uh, but they beat the Lakers twice, and they've got those two wins in tow, and they're in a position where they're, you know, you're, you're right, the one seed's gone anyway. The Lakers are going to be the one seed. Uh, they've been playing like, a, a, you know, man-possessed all season. LeBron's been playing more minutes and more assists than we've ever seen in his career. The Lakers are the one. I don't trust Denver at the two spot. I, I can see the Clippers getting up to that two spot, especially if they get a little healthier down the stretch. This game tonight's tough. I mean, you know, this is this is not an easy place to go play, Phoenix. I mean, this is a Phoenix team that's played well this year. You know, the Clippers, you know, smacked them around by 20 the last time they played, but that was two months ago, and this is a little bit of a different Clippers team that, again, we, they're not playing at that peak level. I want to see the consistency for L.A. on a night-in, night-out basis. We haven't seen it yet. There's still some time left in the season for them to ascend to that point where they are that dominant other team in the West. Maybe this is a night where they go on the road and they kind of establish themselves, uh, you know, make it back-to-back -back solid performances uh, af after the win against Memphis the other night. So maybe the uh, the streakiest team in all of the NBA tonight, the Utah Jazz, oh, wow. mired in a three-game losing streak at home. When they're good, they're, they're – unstoppable but usually it's against teams that are less than 500 500 or yep. worse um the upper echelon teams utah continues to struggle with and you know you're talking about a team that rattled off 15 out of 17 wins just a month ago i mean they were phenomenal mostly against a soft schedule and yep. now they can't buy a win at home uh loses of three straight now you welcome in the hottest team uh, in the NBA and the Boston Celtics here who have been on fire with maybe the best player right now in Jason Tatum in the league who's just been going off. The Celtics are getting four, four and a half points in this game here. They're 12 and four against the number in the last 16 overall. 
And they're doing it six and two against the number against teams that are over 600, you know, 60% here, guys. They're doing it against the best competition in the league. It's a, a second of a back-to-back here, but my word, I, I don't know if Kemba Walker is back or not tonight. I think he's still questionable, yeah, he's but I'm tonight. not sure that they need him to just step all over Utah here. No, they don't, and, and in fact, the books have really over-adjusted Jazz games with the rest advantage this year. I was looking at this number earlier. So the Jazz are 5-9-1 and one ATS when they have the rest advantage, which means mm-hmm. the books are giving them a little more credit for that rest advantage than they should, and the Celtics have been pretty decent Four and three ATS in the second game of a back-to-back. And, you know, the Portland to Salt Lake City trip is not exactly a doozy. I mean, it's probably an hour flight, maybe two hours max for these guys just hanging out on a charter plane after they whipped up on the Blazers last night. Tatum went off career high, uh, eight triples. He continues to shoot it from three. The Jazz don't defend the three well. They shoot the mm-hmm. three really well. This could be a fun over game uh, you yeah. know, with some tired legs from Boston. Utah's been a decent over team over the last few games. Uh, I, I don't trust the Jazz. There's no way that I can lay five points uh, against anybody with Utah right now, especially Boston, who I think is a title contender. Yeah, I uh, could not could not do it, won't do it here, guys. But uh, some interesting matchups in the uh, in the association tonight as we take a look at the uh, the college board quick. A couple of games that have seen some uh, some big movement here early on in the day. One of them, ACC, uh, Virginia, defending champs there. Virginia taking on Virginia Tech. Uh, two unranked in-state rivals in this one here, kind of heading in two different directions. We know Virginia, they seem to be peaking right at the right time. Defense, defense, defense. They have... They, they had long stretches. They were trying to figure it out offensively, but they've won four in a row, seven of their last eight. Virginia Tech is just, they've lost two straight, seven of their last eight. They're a mess. Cavs are 11-5 and five in conference play, 6-10 and 10 for the Hokies here, and they crushed Tech back on January 4th, 65-39 to 39 in this one, Jared. I, wow. Listen, it sounds like on paper Virginia all day, but the problem is, I'm looking at this line. It opens up Cavs as a three-and-a-half-point road favorite. I'm seeing a whole lot of bets on UVA here. I'm not seeing the line move. Yeah. It's not going anywhere. So, so somebody likes the Hokies in this one. Yeah, home team 10-4 and four ATS in the last 14 meetings. This is obviously the rivalry game for Virginia Tech, who has vastly underachieved this season. I don't love the Virginia Tech offense going up against arguably one of the best defenses in, in, in college basketball. Uh, Virginia Tech has lost a couple of straight, uh, and they've lost, I think, six of their last, no, seven of their last eight games with their only win was a home win over Pittsburgh, and then their only win prior to that uh, was a double overtime win over UNC. This has not been a very impressive uh, Virginia Tech team this season. Mike Young has not done a good job uh, filling in for Buzz Williams and kind of taking over the mantle of what was a very talented Virginia Tech team in years past. Virginia, on the other hand, hey, what can you say about the Hokie? I mean, about the uh, Cavaliers? They just keep doing what they do best, which is shut other teams down and barely skate by on offense. This is not a very talented Virginia offensive team. However, in this rivalry matchup, it's really hard to back the Hokies considering their poor defense and their even poor offense against a good Cavaliers team. The line movement, eh. You know, this is a – I don't think we're going to see a ton of movement in this game. I don't think it's going to be a very highly publicly bet game. If the line starts crashing, though, and we start mm-hmm. seeing some movement towards the dog, that's when my ears will perk up a little bit. Uh, but right now I'm seeing a little shade towards Virginia, so at least it's not totally uh, in a line freeze with this game. And I just can't back – I just can't back the Hokies. They, they've had such a poor season, and they've been so bad over the last month and a half of the season. I, I, I just don't see it getting better against a really good defense tonight. 
Uh, the other game, uh, guys, getting a uh, significant action here is the uh, Maryland Terps on the road taking on Minnesota. Maryland is the underdog in this one, guys. Getting one, Minnesota is laying a point, and the public is hammering Maryland. I are. mean, hammering them. But, guys, this line ain't going anywhere. It's still stuck at one. Very great. Uh, one of my favorite spots as a contrarian better is fading that trendy dog right now. So, Minnesota... At home, Big Ten home favorites, Jared, 67 and 19 straight up, 44 and 37 against the number this season. That's 78 and 54 percent. Uh, the line has been drawn and it's drawn and it's looking at Minnesota, certainly from the pro side of things. Oturu against Jalen Smith is the matchup to watch tonight. Mm -hmm. Those are the bigs. They're going to be battling all night long. I do think Minnesota, as the home team, gets the immediate edge. It. Ken Palm's got this as a one-point game in yep. favor of the Gophers. So I, I, I would really struggle to get to the window with Maryland tonight. Minnesota at home. You mentioned the Big Ten home streak. It, it does feel like one of those good contrarian spots. For a Minnesota team, numbers-wise, analytics-wise, better than people think. I'm backing the Gophers here. Love it. I'm taking UMass tonight, getting five and a half on a spiraling, uh, <laughs> uh, a spiraling BCU team. Play it today, Jared. Go. Celtics, give me the bees. Four and a half. How they get Back tomorrow, guys. Enjoy morning after next. We'll see you tomorrow. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com.